Hi, everybody, and welcome to That's Life, where Mark Zomick did such a great job filling in with for me last week. I may ask him to sub for me some more. Good morning, folks, and thanks for listening. I'm Miriam L. Wallach, blogger, writer, general manager here at the Nahum Siegel Network. You can find me here right after Allison and right before Nahum's live lunch. Yoni is off this week. He has sent us some screenshots of where he is, and I promise you where he is right now, there is absolutely no cell service. So I will give him a shout-out, and all of you can tell him that I actually did do this, but um, a vacation well-deserved for Yoni Pollock. And so I thank Avrami, who is engineering remotely. It's amazing what you can do and work whatever from various parts of the world, of course, Avrami's just in Israel, but the fact that he can engineer me from Israel is pretty wild. So shout out to Avrami, who is remotely engineering this morning. And I would officially like to thank Mark for for taking over That's Life last week. It was one less thing I needed to worry about, and I knew I was in very good hands. And the show was in very good hands, and I was right. As many of you know, my mother, Dr. Vivian Mann, passed away last week. And I got up from Shiva just uh, three days ago, just on Monday. Hence the reason for Mark stepping in and for my absence um, on the air and, frankly, in this studio for a good almost four weeks. My mother had been in hospice for about three weeks and beforehand had been in NYU before that. So it was a good five weeks, including Shiva, that I really have not been around. So I must take a minute to give a sincere hakara tatov, a sincere thanks to everyone here at the Nahum Siegel Network. Of course, Nahum and Yoni and Avrami and Mark and Yigal. And anyone I miss, I apologize. Um, It was an incredible comfort to have the support that I receive here um, during a rather challenging time from people who used to just be co-workers and now are much more like family. And the answer I always got in terms of being at work or being in the hospital or being at hospice or whatever was do what you got to do. And, um, and those that, while that may be a simple sentence or a simple phrase, it certainly had a tremendous amount of meaning. So I had a number of great opportunities with my mother in her last weeks. And um, it's a tribute to many people, including her but certainly a tribute to the people that I work with here at the network um, that made that happen. So this is the first show in a new chapter of my life. Uh, This show marks the beginning of my new reality. Now, I was warned, and I'm sure anybody who has ever sat Shiva, especially for a parent, I guess, was warned. I was warned that the week after Shiva is sometimes harder than Shiva itself because transitioning back into the world is very difficult. That seems to be an understatement. I received um, my first out of Shiva Hamakom in a bagel store (laughs) in front of the cream cheese, which um, was a little bit jarring, to be honest, but certainly um, actually gave me comfort in in a very, very real way because it occurred to me that while everyone gave me different interpretations of of the pasuk, which you say as you're leaving a shiva house, or at least the Ashkenazim put it this way, hamakom yinachem etchem betoch sha'ar avelei tzion v'yerushalayim. 
to me, what I learned was that homuncombe is going to be wherever you are at that moment when somebody says that. So my transitioning back into life and being in a bagel store and somebody wishing me a homuncombe was, okay, that right now this act of buying bagels, this otherwise mundane act should bring you comfort. And it did. So as I transition back into the world and as I start this new chapter, I realize it's how I approach everything. And all of that will continue to bring me and my family and my siblings Nahama, how we approach these different chapters. And so I thank everyone for their support. I received numerous emails, Facebook messages, you name it, uh, voicemails, which I still have not listened to and I apologize. But I thank everyone for their support. We, may we all share smachot and besorot to vote for years to come. Let's do the national holidays. It is Biographer's Day. It is International Day of Light. I have honestly no idea what that means, but I'm sure it's very uplifting. It's National Sea Monkey Day. And I'd really wish sort of that Avrami was here. Not Avrami, sorry Avram. That Yoni was here because I bet all the money in my pocket he has absolutely no idea what a sea monkey is. And that is depressing. But when Yoni comes back next week, and we will discuss, I'm sure, on the live lunch next week where he has been. But when he comes back next week, we will make sure to do the whole sea monkey thing. Because if you've never bought a package of sea monkeys for 25 cents in the back of a comic book, you haven't lived. Um, It's also National Piercing Day. So shout out to those of us who wear earrings. And it's National Mimosa Day, which is probably a good idea. Let's do the fortune cookie. My fortune cookie today, reading to the mind is what exercise is to the body. Now, I promise you this was not staged. I promise you I randomly picked this one. But it certainly seems to be appropriate considering who my guest is this morning and how excited I am to have this guest on this morning in light of, I mean, so many things, including my just being a big fan. You're listening to That's Life here at the Nahum Siegel Network. And Ann Kofsky, Ann D. Kofsky, joins me this morning. She's an editor at Berman House Publishers. She's also the author and illustrator, uh, illustrator of more than 30 of her own books, including PJ Library Selections' Kayla and Kugel's Almost Perfect Passover, which I have, Noah's Swimathon, and Shabbat Shalom Hey. Ann's writing and art have also been featured in the Washington Times the Philadelphia Inquirer, Jewish Action Magazine, Mishpacha Magazine, and Hadassah Magazine. Previous to her position at Berman House, Anne was an adjunct professor of art at Stern College for Women. Anne lives in West Hempstead, New York with her three with her husband and three children, and she joins us this morning. Good morning, Anne. Good morning. Good morning. Thank you for having me. Absolutely my pleasure. And I want you to know before I do the whole, I, I want to get the fangirl out of the way, if you don't mind. <laughs> I hope that's Thank okay. Um, yeah, huge fan to the point where I had four of your books out on my counter and my youngest comes home and she goes, are these for me? And I said, How old's your youngest? she's almost 10. And um, as the youngest of six likes to claim things that aren't hers. And I said, <laughs> no, no, those are mommies. <laughs> hands off. So well, I'm glad I have uh, I have a 10-year-old fan. I'm glad I have you as a fan. Thank you. No, absolutely my pleasure. You know, you can tell talent where talent exists and my god, are you talented. So Thank you. so no, my pleasure. So there are a bunch of things that we need to talk about, but most specifically is how this interview came to be. And I do need to credit a number of very, shall we say, vocal women and advocates and doers. Um, who use social media for the good. 
And that includes Bethany Shondark, who happened to tweet out your post, which um, explained that you had an event, a meet and greet coming up at Eichler's in Borough Park this Sunday, and that you were concerned that people would not show up. Tell us why. So thanks for asking, and thank you to Bethany. Um, before I say that, I do want to, um, can I chime in with Anahamaka Minachem? Yes, of course. Amen. Thank you. Absolutely. I I'm sorry to hear that she passed. Thank you. Um, but to answer your question, which is much more, much more, um, well, it's why I'm here, so right. I can answer the question. So, uh, yes, I'm having a signing at Eichler Shudeika and Borough Park uh, this Sunday, from 2.30 to 4.30, which is very exciting. And I'm signing my book, Judah Maccabee Goes to the Doctor, which is about vaccines. And I'm signing uh, the Sarah Built a School book, which is about Sarah Schneira. And uh, Eichler's has been wonderful and warm and welcoming, and they were very kind. They offered to advertise the event, which is always very exciting for an author. We scrounge around for free press and <laughs> right. advertising. So they were, gonna, they were going to call uh, the local newspapers in Borough Park and advertise the event. Thank you very much. So I sent them a flyer. And, of course, as an author, you put your photo on the flyer because people like to connect to real people when they're considering books. They Absolutely. like to see the author. That's why a lot of book covers put the author on the jacket. Um, you know, you want to have a connection with the writer or the, or the artist. And um, they got it, and they said, oh, we need a faceless flyer. Please take your photo off because the papers don't accept advertising with women's pictures in it. And... I said, no, thank you, which was really hard. Right, right. Because <laughs> I am so wired to accept free media and press because that's the only way that you're successful is to get your books out there. You know, you could write a wonderful book, but if no one reads it, that's just not fun. Um, and I said, no, it's, it's uh, you know, odd con. I put a right. stake in the ground and said, okay, the event will be a little successful. I'll sell some less books, but I can't disappear Right. And I have disappeared in the past. I, you mentioned that I, I have written for Mishpacha magazine, and, and they've profiled me. Um, but it felt bad, and I don't want to feel bad anymore. Good for you. So, so I did it, and I felt bad in a different way. <laughs> then I felt amazing because I posted on Facebook. Ugh, I post on Facebook every day, big deal, right? So I post on Facebook, hey, guys, can you help me out? I'm worried no one's going to come to this event um, because I refuse to take these ads. Could you please tag your friends who live in Brooklyn? Because I figured, you know, five people will share it, five more people will show up, and I won't just be standing there with my kids and, you know, hear crickets. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it went crazy. It went, like you said, Bethany shared it, and you saw it, and it got, it really, really got into a lot of places, and, and now this exceeds uh, any advertising Eichlers could have purchased because people came to support me, and that's so meaningful. As we like to say, it went viral. It, I, it went viral, and it, it just, it meant so much to know that I'm not the only one out there feeling bad about this. Right, absolutely. You know? and that the- everybody says everybody wants this, and that's why the papers do it, but I'm not sure everybody wants it if everybody was pouncing on my very simple post you know right well i think that i think that i mean first of all to call it a simple post is almost like it's not giving you credit it was give me credit give me credit it was (laughs) it was a modest and respectful post it wasn't a shame on x community for doing x y and z it wasn't that 
It, right. It wasn't that at all. You were not... How dare you? Correct. <laughs> there was no soapbox under your feet at the moment that you wrote that Facebook post. Right. There was you speaking clearly and honestly and just saying, help me out. Mm-hmm. And I often find when you're turning to the social media world and you use it for good, mm-hmm. it's amazing the good that you receive in return. And, of course, there's plenty of bad out there. You can always, I joke that social media and the Internet, you can use your powers for good or you can use your powers for evil. But right. when you, like everything else, Exactly. Right? You can, mm-hmm. But when you use it for good, it is an amazing thing, the good that you can receive in return. It and, was... It was overwhelming, and I'm so grateful to everybody who just clicked because it helped so much. I mean, we'll see on Sunday who's there, and I hope I get to say hello to a lot of the people who who helped me and thank them in person. No, I I, I have a feeling that you will. I also want to mention that um, Lahav Harkov from the Jerusalem Post, when I had let uh, Bethany know, actually I had, as soon as you agreed to join me on the show, which I truly appreciated, I um, retweeted to, I had tweeted back to Bethany letting her know that as a result of her post, I was now aware of a situation that frankly I haven't been aware of because I haven't been on social media in a week and a half due to Mm -hmm. obvious personal circumstances. And so now I was aware of the situation and um, I had invited you on and you were joining me. And so she was thrilled. And Lahav Harko from the Jerusalem Post, who clearly had been keeping an eye on this also, she was thrilled. And so were a number of people. And by the way, just as a side point, so were men. There were plenty of, of men. Correct. Mm-hmm. There were, this is not, we, we should also, besides the fact that we're not sitting here pointing fingers, we should also make it clear that this is not a men versus women issue. It's, no, absolutely. Right. It, it, everybody gets hurt by these restrictions, right. in right. my opinion, because, okay, I can't advertise. And my, let's say, I didn't have this amazing social media response, or I didn't think to post on Facebook, and nobody comes to my event. Guess what happens? I don't sell books. Eichler's doesn't sell books. Right. Eichler's is owned by a man. Right. So he's not <laughs> going to make money. Right. Now, when he has less money, he's going to say, I'm not going to invite other authors. These events don't work. And some of those authors will be men. Correct. Okay. And I could keep going. Right. You know, and it's that a means down. will have money and they'll have to like, uh, have, and they'll be able to offer less to their customers and the customers will have less money. It's just like, it's a, this, you know, when something's like, when we're in a community, you know, when all boats rise, we all rise. Amen. But Absolutely. if I think, everyone's going to think, too. It's it, We all impact each other. So, you know, I just said it in a, in a very uh, monetary way how Eichler's won't make money if I won't make money. But it also affects us culturally and spiritually. There's a tremendous loss when women are gone to both men and women. You're absolutely right, and I couldn't have put it better myself. You're listening to That's Life here at the Nachum Siegel Network, and author and illustrator Anne Kofsky, Anne D. Kofsky, joins us this morning. She has an upcoming event this Sunday from 2.30 to 4.30 at the Eichlers in Borough Park, located at 5004. 13th Avenue in Brooklyn. That's 5004 13th Avenue in Brooklyn. You can also find Anne online. You can go to annkofsky.com and you can also go to, um, you're also on Twitter at Jewish Art by Anne. And on Instagram. And on Instagram, right. Jewish Art by Anne. So now let's talk for a second about the selections that that are being featured this Sunday, including 
the ever amazing Judah Maccabee goes to the doctor. Which... Judah Maccabee is coming to Borough Park. Yes. It's not even Hanukkah. Correct. <laughs> Judah Maccabee um, is... First of all, right. let's emphasize it's Borough Park store, not Flatbush store. Right. I've had a lot of people being confused. <laughs> um, but yeah, Judah Maccabee is a story I wrote pre-measles uh, about two years ago. Um because I got angry. Um, I had heard a story about a school who um, had been trying to get themselves together and get make sure all the kids' vaccinations forms were in order. And there was one family that wasn't uh, complying with school policy and challenging them and saying, we will not vaccinate. And they were claiming religious exemption. Mm. This is the first time I ever heard of this. Uh, and I was so confused, because how could you say, because I'm from and Jewish, I will not vaccinate? To me, that is completely counterintuitive to what our Torah actually teaches us. Right. And then the family sued the school. <laughs> and then I got really angry. So I said, <laughs> so there, I shall write a children's book to counter this crazy idea that uh, Torah and vaccination don't go together hand in hand, because of course they do. Shmores Nafshecha, we're all very familiar with that. Uh, so I wrote this book, Judah Maccabee Goes to the Doctor, and it's about a little boy who's very scared to get his shot, um, but Judah Maccabee is his hero, and then his bubby and his father tell him that, no, a vaccine is just like a shield. It protects us. And not only that, your little sister Hannah, she can't get a shot yet, so you'll protect her if you get the shot. Mm. And because he loves his little sister, he gets brave and he gets his shot. So it's a, a story of overcoming fear as well. And um, it's not for anti-vaxxers, it's for people who vax, who people who do vaccinate to share with their kids and help them understand why it works and what our values are. Well, I would tell you that if we could convince the anti-vaxxers with the simple yet poignant message that you just articulated we in a children's book... <laughs> with a children's book, you know, that would that would go a long way. It would save the world. It would, really would save the world. <laughs> Correct, because I think that that's such an important point is that Judah is, you know, he's being told it's not just about you, it's about your sister. And mm -hmm. I think that that is such an important point that 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 we're not focusing enough on when we're talking about vaccinations. And so the fact that you that you explain it to children to me, makes this even more impressive. Because your point is basically, if we can explain it to a kid, we should be ex able to explain it to an adult. It, yes. So it's, uh, it's, a, it's a chizuk book. It's to strengthen all of us to better understand what we're doing, why we're doing it, and why we care about this. And it's because we care about ourselves, but it's also because we care about others, just like you so nicely said. And, but I also do not want to overlook the fact that the doctor in this book is a minority. And I, yeah, I know, love that. Work, that's I really learned from my day job. I'm an editor at Behrman House Publishers, and we really struggle to have all, all Jewish people represented in the book. I mean, she's not necessarily Jewish in the story, but just when, when a kid opens a book that they should see themselves or see that they're a part of it. And there's more and more Jewish people that look all different flavors. Right. You know, and we're all created but tell them they look him. So right. they should all be in there. I hear you completely. And let's mm -hmm. talk about Sarah Builds a School. Ah, Sarah Builds a School I'm very proud of. I co-wrote that with uh, Dr. Leslie Ginsburg-Klein. And it's a story about how... Sarah Schnerer, which I always say wrong. Did I say it right this time? <laughs> I don't know. I call her Schnerer also, but right. Um, who, who, of course, innovated and began um, 
the, the Beis Yaakov system, and ultimately, you know, Torah education for women. Uh, and and she, without her, none of us would know nothing, you know? Correct. And I'm not even sure Judaism would still be here today. Mm. Because if you lose half the, half the population, if you lose all the women, and there's no more Jewish mommies, what do we have left? That's right. Not so much. Uh, and her story is just remarkable, and it starts with her as a young girl in school being teased, because she was. We have this from her journals. You know, Leslie, the reason I collaborated with Leslie Klein is she did her, uh, her Ph.D. on the Beis Yaakov movement, so she knows this material. She's researched it all very, very carefully and deeply. And Sarah Schneer wrote about how she was teased in school for being a little sadekas. She was such a goody-goody. <laughs> so, um, you know, how amazing for our daughters to read about this heroine who got bullied. Right. You know, and, and overcame that. And that was just her first challenge as a young girl. But she, she got bullied after that, too, because she had a new idea and she was advocating for change. And, oh, my goodness. Of course, you get pushback for such things. Correct. And she, did, and she overcame it, and now we are all the beneficiaries of her amazing strength. And she certainly would have had her face in publications as well. So, um, I really personally think that's true. Right. I hesitate to <laughs> read people who I've never met. Mind. I f- I hear and, that. <laughs> I hear and that. You know what? There are some women who prefer staying hidden. And that's completely okay. Right, that's their choice. That's, everybody yep. has different cocos and different preferences. You know, Sarah can be the, in the tent and Tavora can be under the palm tree. They're, I hear you. Torah is amazing and there are all flavors of women and they present all... What's amazing that I love about Torah, many things, but that's one, that it shows women who are judges and women who are in the tent and women who are by the sea with Miriam and, you know, women who are in the field like Ruth and... There's all types of ways to connect to Hashem, and and we're allowed to take all these different paths. What an incredible message of positivity. I also, I mean, unfortunately, we're out of time, though I could speak to you forever. I do. (laughs) Thank you. I do want to also mention Creation Colors, which is not only a beautiful book, but something that very much reminds me of Eric Carl. So, Mm -hmm. um, and I hope you take that as a compliment, because I don't think... Absolutely. Yeah, I don't think there's a bigger compliment out there. Honored, honored. (laughs) (laughs) To be compared to him. No, it retails the story of Bracious uh, with these paper cuts that I did, I'm, and I'm really, really proud of it. The artwork is... Stunning. The artwork oh, is stunning. I was going to say, I think it's the artwork, the best artwork I've ever made, so I'm really personally proud of it. It's thank you. absolutely stunning. So I, I, I'm truly in awe of your work, and I certainly appreciate the art. I mean, it just brings full circle. My mother was an art historian and a curator, so... There, oh, wow. Yeah, so there is... Um, there's, there's a lot of poignancy to the fact that you're on today, uh, for a number of reasons, but I, I would tell you that I, I think my mom would be really, really happy with this interview. Thank you. I'm honored by that so much. Well, I want to make sure that everyone shows up, everyone, their mother, their father, and all their kids show up to Eichler's of Borough Park. Again, it's this Sunday for the meet and greet mm-hmm. with Ann Kofsky from 2.30 to 4.30 Eichler's in Borough Park is located at 5004. That's 5004 13th Avenue in Brooklyn, New York. Please go out, make sure to show Anne support, and guess what? Buy some amazing books. It'll totally be worth it. Um, again, you can find Anne uh, on Instagram, Jewish Art by Anne. You can find her on Twitter and, of course, at annkofsky.com. Anne, thank you so much for your time and absolute Hatzlacha this Sunday.
Thank you so much, Miriam. I really appreciate This is another way that's really helping, and I, and I so appreciate it. My pleasure. My pleasure. You've been listening to That's Life here at the Nahum Siegel Network. A full afternoon of programming continues right after That's Life. The live lunch hosted by Nahum Siegel begins in just a few moments. And Throwback Thursday starts at 1 p.m. The encore of JM Rewind is at 4 p.m. And, of course, um, we are actually going to resume the Arab Shabbos show hosted by Mark Zomik next week on Lag Omer Tomorrow morning, join Nachum as he hosts JM and the AM from 6 to 9 a.m. Eastern Time. And at the conclusion of JM and the AM, join Naomi for Table for Two. And then stay tuned in as you enjoy the Kedem Arab Shabbos music mix until candlelighting. Avrami hosts Saturday Night Seagull this Mosei Shabbat. Matzis hosts JM Sunday starting at 7 a.m. Eastern Time. We're going to play Minion Man today, the Lenny Solomon and Maccabees version. Not only because I uh, love this song in general, but because this was one of the selections that I played for my mom at the end of her time. And so, Mommy, this is a tribute to you. And I thanks to all my listeners for their support. That's life, everybody. Bye, guys. I asked the man, I saw how many Jews in this town. He said to me, there used to be a minion around. But one of us passed away and we've been feeling down. Yet now it seems as though another Jew has been found. Won't you stay with us for Shabbos, Minion Man? I step off the bus in Mobile, Alabama. The sun was slowly setting on the bay. Six o'clock on a summer Friday afternoon. Shabbos was an hour away. I walked around the town wondering what to do. Shabbos is no time to be feeling blue. Block then two more. We went into a shop that read closed on the door. There was a minion in the back of a hardware store. Nine men waiting for one more. We ushered in the Shabbos with a beautiful song. The Chazan had a voice that was clear and strong.
and the vision is clear. And I think about it every now and then, cause the place is still dear. And when I make this trip through Mobile once every year, I remember the man who prayed here. Now the minion is gone, a few died, some moved on. But the back of the store still remembers the song. The nine men who waited till one came along. How Shabbos was carried on a song. Whoa, I asked the man, I saw how many Jews in this town. He said to me, there used to be a million around. But Shabbos Minion Man Oh, won't you stay with us For Shabbos Minion Man 